the title of, to, uh, of today's message is Sufficient Grace. Sufficient Grace. I love God's grace. Man, it, I feel like, you know, you can study it for the, your entire life and never, and never reach the bottom of the bin, you know. Um, it's, it's, it's very, it's so full. Um, but today we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to be in verse 7. Um, and we're kind of like jumping right in the middle of, verse, uh, of chapter 12. So I thought I'd give just a little bit of context um, on, on uh, you know, right before this verse. So uh, in the book of 2 Corinthians, Paul is having to defend himself. Um, you know, some teachers uh, have tried to discredit and have kind of attacked his character questioned um, his ministry. And so uh, he wrote this letter, um, uh, probably his fourth letter, about a year uh, from he, uh, about a year from uh, his letter he wrote in 1 Corinthians uh, to the Corinthian church. And he is um, speaking to them, to the very church that he planted, that he poured his heart into, invested everything he had into these people, um, he's having to defend his character to them. And, um, and so he starts off, uh, well, through the letter, he is, you find himself saying things like, uh, if anybody has a reason to boast, it's me. And he talks about the different uh, struggles that he had to go through. And this was one of the points that the teachers, I guess, they had a problem with, but it was because of his struggles that he was telling the Corinthian church, listen, I'm the one who has paid a severe price. I'm the one who's been, who's been persecuted. I'm the one who has gone through these things, not these guys. And if there's anybody who has a reason to brag, it's me. And he goes on talking about the revelation that he had received, that he had been teaching. He's like, listen, if anybody, it's me. Listen, this revelation I received came from God himself. And I, the, one, the, the very thing that I'm giving to you, it's straight from Jesus. And so, listen, if there's anybody that has, to, um, that has a reason to boast and to brag, it's me. And yet, I'm not going to brag in those things. I'm going to brag in my weakness. I'm going to talk about the very thing that they are trying to discredit me for. This is what I will focus on. It's because it's my weakness, in my weakness, in my struggle that you were able to see Christ. And so this is where we're kind of picking up in verse 7. So uh, here we go. Verse 7 in chapter 12 in 2 Corinthians, it says this. So to keep me from becoming conceited, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Verse 8, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. In verse 9, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Let's pray real fast. Uh, Father God, Lord, we just thank you for your grace, Father. God, your all-encompassing grace, Father. We thank you, Jesus, God, that you, Father, strengthen us, God, in our time of weakness, Father. 
And Lord God, I pray, Father God, that we would get, uh, God, a grander view, a richer view of your grace today, Father. And God, I just pray, Father God, that you would help us, Father God, to see life and to see our struggle from your perspective today, Father. We thank you and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Uh, so I wanted to spend a little time on that word grace. Um, you know, it's like this ocean that you jump into that's just full of God's goodness that you, you can never really truly, um, I don't know if we can really understand God's full grace because it's so rich, it's so grand, it's so powerful, it's so um, wide, it's so deep. Um, but uh, the definition uh, of grace, and uh, I'm sure it can be defined better than, than, than I did here, but um, uh, grace is defined as the freely given, unmerited favor and love of God. The freely given, unmerited favor and love of God. I like that word unmerited. Uh, I had to look up what that meant. Um, you know, I, I've heard it all the time, but never actually looked it up. And that word merit means worthy of a reward. And so to, to be unmerited means to be undeserving. We are undeserving of God's favor that he, showed toward, that he shows towards us. The word favor means to stoop down, to, to, to stoop down and to help those who are unworthy with a gift. Grace is God's unmerited favor towards man through faith in Christ. Grace is God doing for us what we can never do for ourselves. Love that. Grace is God choosing to love us in spite of us. We all know who we are. <laughs> we all know. And at times we have been unlovable, but grace is God loving us in spite of us. Grace is God loving us when we didn't love him. Grace is God choosing us when we didn't choose him. Gosh, I still think about, man, me that day when I realized, when I realized how much I needed Jesus before that, I wasn't even looking for him. I went to camp for a basketball. They had a tournament. I'm trying to win. There was a cute girl that I liked, you know. That's the only reason I went. And yet God was going after me. He was choosing me. His grace was running after me. Grace is God, grace is God looking past our faults. Grace is God's gift of salvation to mankind. Grace is a gift. It's a gift. Grace is ultimately wrapped up, ultimately wrapped up in the person of Jesus Christ. John chapter 1 verse 14 uh, tells us that uh, the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we, saw, and we could see his glory uh, as the only son of the father and that he was full of grace and truth. Jesus was full of grace and truth. And not, not too much further from there in verse 17, he says, it says that the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Jesus embodied God's grace. Jesus was God's grace manifested in the flesh, stooping down to serve man with unconditional love, overflowing kindness and unmerited favor. Wow. 
And grace cannot be earned, nor can it be merited. You know, we all work a job to earn a wage. An athlete trains hard to earn a prize. A professional hones his skills to earn a reward, but we cannot earn the grace of God. We can't work hard enough to get it. Grace is not a wage that we can earn, nor is it a prize that can be obtained. It is simply a gift that is freely given and that has to be received by faith. Grace is the gift of salvation that leads us to eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ. Grace is amazing. Golly, it's amazing. Thank God for God's grace, right? Amen? Well, God's grace not only saves us, but God's grace also strengthens us. God's grace, God's grace strengthens us to face the challenges and the troubles that come with life in this sin-cursed world. As Christians, we know that we are not exempt from hardship, but rather it is a byproduct of living in this world. And this is what Paul was referring to when he talks about the thorn in his flesh. Um, we don't know, at least I don't know, what Paul was really referring to. I, I think that thorn was a metaphor. And we don't really know what that was, whether it was some type of physical ailment or I don't know. But whatever it was, it was causing him a lot of pain and it was causing him a lot of hardship. And um, this was something I'm sure that Paul was not wanting in his life. Uh, he didn't ask for this. He didn't want this. He's serving Jesus. His life was dedicated to Christ. And uh, I'm sure that there were times where he received God's healing. He received God's deliverance. We see it in the book of Acts. But uh, this time he asked if God, he pleaded for God to take it away three times. I'm sure even more than three times. Instead, Paul served, Paul served Jesus through the pain and through the hardship. In fact, God allowed it. God allowed Paul to go through this hardship. And there are times in life when God allows us to go through pain and go through hardship in our life. And listen, God is good. We know that God is good. We know that God does not give us suffering. He doesn't give us pain. He doesn't give these things because he's a good father. He gives us his grace. He gives us mercy. He gives us strength. He gives us joy. He gives us peace. He gives us his love. But in this life, we do face these things. We face suffering and he allows us to go through it at times. You know, I myself, personally, I've gone through some pain in my life. Um, you know, I st still to this day, I still face the effects of, a, of an abusive father. You know, it's not the physical things. It's not him choking me or him grabbing me by the ears and pinning me up against the wall. It's not the, 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 the beatings and the, and the things that he made us do. It's not just that. It's the, 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 the emotional and the verbal abuse that I received. And to this day, I still in the mornings have to remind myself that I am God's child, that I am loved, that I am worthy, that I am worthy of his love, that I'm not a bother, that I'm not those things that my mind wants to remember and wants to believe. I am who God says I am. 
Now, before you feel bad for me, <laughs> we can look around the room and there are a lot of people who've gone through a lot more suffering than I have, who've gone through a lot more pain than I have. And we all have, we've all faced that before. And we know we can look and yet we stand here and I can look and we see a product of God's grace. We see a product of God's love and his mercy, even through the hardship. Paul went through a lot of hardship, as we know. He went through a lot of pain. He went through a lot of things that we can, you know, that we read just simply just reading the book of Acts and reading through his, his letters. But there is something that he said that I've, 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 I've read this scripture before. I've, you know, I've, you know, I've read it before a lot of times, but for some reason, when I read it, I was thinking, what? Like, why would you say that? <laughs> you know, what he said, I, you know, it's just like, you know, who says that? He says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly, almost like he had a smile on his face when he said this, that I will boast in my weakness. I will boast in my hardship. You know, uh, maybe his head just got messed up. I don't know. But he says that I will boast in these things. I couldn't believe he said that. Why would he say something like that? Well, there's a word in between the first and second part of verse 9. There's a word, therefore. And that word, therefore, connects what he just said to what he said before. And so we know why he said what he said. We know why he can boast in his weakness. And it's two-part. It's because God's grace is sufficient and because his power is made perfect in our weakness. So let's take a look at these two things. First off, God's grace is sufficient. God's grace is sufficient. God's grace strengthens us through hardship and through suffering. In the middle of the fire, while we're in the thick of it, his grace is right there with us. God allows us to go through trials as it refines our faith in God. This was in my mind when I was reading this. And I think that Pastor Ron, I think you actually said this, that, there, there, that going through trials might be the only way. There's no other way to produce what God wants to produce in us. And I think that's the reason why he allows us to go through these things because it produces in us a faith and a trust and a deeper roots in him that would not be, that would not be able to happen any other way. Our faith becomes stronger in the struggle. In doing so, there is fruit, spiritual fruit that's produced in our life that wouldn't be produced any other way. Whether it's perseverance, whether it's uh, joy and peace in a very stronger way. You know, um, I've been in times in my life where I ask, you know, God, why, why me? You know, why am I the one going through this? I'm sure I'm not the only person who's asked that question. And I love what Pastor Luke says whenever he says that if he knew what God was going to do, if he knew God's plan for what he was going to have to go through, he probably would have said no. 
And I think that's the same for all of us. If we knew what God was going to do, what he was wanting to do in our lives, we'd probably say, eh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try to do this another way, God. <laughs> Surely there's another way, you know. But he has a plan for us that's good. And he knows best. There's a man by the name of Arthur Ashe. I'm sure you may have heard of him. He's a legendary tennis player and the first black male to ever win uh, the Wimbledon tennis tournament. And uh, in the 80s, uh, he was dying of AIDS, which he got due to infected blood that he received during a heart surgery in 1983. And during his illness, he received a flood of letters from his fans, just encouraging him and sending him things. And there was this letter that he received from one of his fans that had a question in which he answered that became a very famous quote. This fan asked him why God chose him for such a bad disease. And I love what Arthur Ashe um, said. And when I read this, I, I, I was in awe that he said this, but uh, it really encouraged me. This is what he said. 50 million children started playing tennis. 5 million learned to play tennis. 500,000 learned professional tennis. 50,000 came to the circuit. 5,000 reached the Grand Slam. Only 50 reached Wimbledon. Four, only four reached the semifinals. Only two reached the finals. And when I was the one who held up the cup in my hand, I never asked God, why me? So now that I'm in pain, how can I ask God, why me? Wow. He said, happiness keeps you sweet. Trials keep you strong. Sorrows keep you human. Failures keep you humble. Success keeps you glowing, but only faith in Christ keeps you going. Wow. Man, I mean, that just lit me up. And it's so powerful and so true. Only faith keeps us going. God's grace keeps us going in the middle of our trials. So that was the first thing. And the second thing that Jesus said to Paul that encouraged him was that God's power is made perfect in our weakness. This is something that I, you know, I finally got, and uh, you know, when I was reading this, you know, it's through hardship and suffering that God's power is manifested to others. Through hardship, God's power is perfected and it's seen where, where, where people see Christ in us. The power of Christ, Paul said this, he said, Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I like that. The power of Christ rests on our life when we walk through the fire and we go through hardship. I can't tell you how many people that I've been able to minister to because of what I went through. The young men that I've been able to mentor and help them and, and encourage them whenever they were in their time of weakness. Imagine all the people that you have been able to reach through your story because of what you went through. On Sundays, 
You know, I love hearing these testimonies. I mean, we see the power of Christ resting on these people. All we see is Jesus. And we just, we just praise, we praise God because we hear these stories of these things where, where people, the things that people were going through. I mean, the terrors, what they went through in their marriage. And yet we look and we see Christ in the middle of it. It's amazing. The power of Christ is evident in their life. You know, uh, I know that in the moment, I can never understand why in the world I'm going through what I'm going through. But one thing I can know is that God has a plan and a purpose for it. And I may not see it, I may not understand it, we may not get it, but God has a plan and a purpose through the mess. You know, our problems, your problems have a purpose and your test will one day become a testimony and your mess will one day become a message. God's sufficient grace strengthens us through hardship so that God's perfect power can be manifested to others. God's sufficient grace strengthens us through hardship so, so that God's perfect power can be manifested to others. God's grace and his power changed Paul's perspective on weakness. It changed his perspective on his struggle and his hardship and his pain that he was going through. It changed it. He began to see it differently. He realized it was God, it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was the power of Christ that was coming through his life. And that's why he embraced it. I believe that God wants, God wants to encourage us to allow God to change our perspective and our current struggle. That this current moment has purpose in our life and one day it will for somebody else as well. Let's allow God's grace to change our perspective through the struggle and choose to trust God through it. So a few things that, um, that, um, that we can do. Number one is to continue to pray. Paul, he, you know, he says that he prayed three times. He continued to pray. And obviously when we go through the struggle, we should continue to pray. In fact, we should invite people into our life to pray with us. You know, the um, uh, um, uh, first Corinthians, I can't remember where, says, um, says that when, when one part of the body hurts, the whole body hurts. And that's how we stand together. And I believe that it's, or it's important for us to, uh, to allow others in to pray with us. Continue to pray for deliverance. Continue to pray for healing. Number two, stand in God's grace. Stand in God's grace. It's important for us to continue to trust God through the hardship. When we don't know what to do, we don't know what else that we can do. We don't know how we're going to get through it. We don't know what else can be done. All we can do is continue to trust God, to continue to stand strong in our faith, to continue to rely on him that at the end of the day, we let our roots grow deep and say, God, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what you're doing here, but you know what? I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. Proverbs chapter three, verse five says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. First Peter chapter five, verse seven says, cast all your cares and anxieties on him because he cares for you. Isaiah chapter 26, verse four says, trust in the Lord forever for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. And then lastly, number three, 
trust God's plan for your future. It's amazing, you know, what God is able to do with a life. I still remember, man, uh, 18 years old, sitting in my, in my hoopty. I'm sure y'all know what a hoopty is. Man, my, that was my hoopty. Uh, 91 Honda Civic, radio stolen out the car, you know, chip paint. You know, uh, I had stereo wire inside of the fuse. I probably should have just changed it, but I didn't know. I just stuck more stereo wire in there and it worked. And I just remember sitting in that car. I still remember the smell when I walk into auto, uh, when I, whenever I walk into a, a, a Vance Auto, I can smell that smell. It reminds me of my, my 91 Honda Civic. I think it was burnt oil. I think is what it was. And I just remember sitting there at the lowest point in my life. You know, I chose to stay in Dallas because I knew that if I went with my mom, I wouldn't have a church. I wouldn't have the support that I had there in a, you know, in a, you know, you know, in a church. And I was living with my friend. I felt like I wore my welcome and, you know, I just didn't, you know, I was staying, you know, on friends' couches and I'm just like, God, what am I doing? God, where, what, what is the point of this? And I just remember just telling God that, God, I'm trusting you. I'm just going to trust you. I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know what you have for me. And yet I look today and I'm standing here and I think about what God has done with my life and it's amazing. And the things that I've gone through, the, the pains that I've gone through, you know, it's amazing to see what God can do with a life. But you know what? At the top, it seems like right now, you know, I'm at, you know, I'm at a high point in my life, but there were a lot of valleys I had to go through to, to get there. But you know, God had purpose in it. There was a reason why I went through it. Even though it hurt, even though it sucked, God had a plan and a purpose through it. God knows what he's doing. And God is changing my perspective and the way that I look at my pain the way that I look at the next valley that I go through, that he has a plan and a purpose for me. He does, but there's also more to it. There's somebody else that God wants to show and reveal his glory to through my pain and through my struggle. Amen. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. God's got this because his grace is sufficient. Amen.